Welcome to the Sense of Soul podcast. We are your hosts, Shanna and Mandy. Grab your coffee, open your mind, heart, and soul. It's time to awaken. Hello. So here we are today in Colorado, and we got hit with quite a storm, huh, Shanna? Yeah, I'm about ready to go crazy with cabin fever. Yeah, so for you listeners that have never been to Colorado, we have these crazy storms that will come in and dump, like, I think we got 11 inches yesterday, and our kids don't have school today, and the roads are slush, and then today the sun's out and it's all melting away. And hopefully they'll have a decent Colorado Halloween, which is still usually cold. Yeah, I hope so. So usually Mandy and I are able to do this podcasting quiet because our kids are at school. But today we have everybody home with us today at my house. And so if you hear any little voices in the background, just ignore them. <laughs> yep. So we're excited about today's topic. We are going to be talking about witches. Shanna and I originally journeyed to this topic through my ancestry, and we came upon two women that were part of the Salem Witch Trials. So that's kind of how we were led to this topic. And also, when Shanna was doing her ancestry, she had found um, Mary Laveau. Mary Laveau. Oh, I always say Mary. Mary. Yeah, that's because everyone in your family's name is Mary. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> uh, that's one thing that you will find if you do your ancestry. That there's it, Back in like the 16 and 1700s, everyone had the same name and they yeah. named their kids the same names and their <laughs> yeah. aunts. And oh, it's so and annoying. And it seems like they were all named after like, the disciples. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> so we are super excited about today's topic. And with Halloween, we thought it would be perfect. So today we are yeah. talking about witches. And I always thought of witches as like, you know, like in Wizard of Oz, green faces with yeah. the tall Wart black hat. Oh yeah, just ugly, mm-hmm. old, on a broomstick. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that many fairy tales also have a witch. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Like almost every one, and they're all kind of like old hags. Yeah, and you know, I never knew really anything about a witch, minus a broom and like a big pot, and they're stirring up poison <laughs> and spells. Yeah, and so okay. this topic was really fun to research to learn the history on witches. It is. So long before fairy tales with witches was centuries of slaying of witches. Mm-hmm. So getting even more scarier and creepier. There were witch hunts and witch trials, and many of them became very historical, like the one we just talked about that's in Mandy's family, the Salem Witch Trial. But long before, between the 15th and the 18th centuries, there was an estimated 50,000 to maybe even over 100,000 people executed. What? Yes. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. Are you serious? Oh, I am very serious. Like just all over the world? Mainly in, in Europe, mainly in England. Really? Yeah. And around Holy there. Holy crap. It started with this German who wrote a book about witches. It was a hunting guide okay. of sorts of a book. And two women, mm-hmm. shortly after this book was written, were actually burned at the stake for supposedly causing bad weather that affected the ships of the King of Scotland, King James, and the Queen Queen Anne. So people read this book and kind of got an idea of what they thought maybe witches were and what they could do. And then that kind of spiraled into this witch 
slaughtering or execution. That's kind of like what history says where it started. Wow. So from the storm that happened, these women came out and actually kind of claimed, oh, yeah, we did that. Whoa. So they kind of like admitted it and were bragging about it. And they were burned at the stake <laughs> for that. Shortly after, there was a case in Scotland in 1589 of this young housemaid. Her name was Gillis Duncan. She worked for this deputy, Mr. David Steeton, and he had saw that she was acting kind of odd. She would go out in the middle of the night, and he wanted to know what she had been up to. He had heard rumors in Scotland that there was these witches that had, you know, had caused the weather to be bad to yeah. harm the king and queen. So he was wondering if maybe she was doing something like this too. Maybe she was involved with these witches. So he demanded her to tell him what was what was she doing at night. Mm-hmm. And he tortured her mm. for days over and over and over until she said, fine, sure, I'm a witch. <laughs> he brought her to the king, to King James, and was like, look, I found another witch. Oh, There's another God. one. There's a bunch of them now. There's like this secret group of witches. Right. And then they torture her more. And when when I talk about torture, I'm talking like they break their fingers, they smush them, they choke them, they starve them, they keep them awake, they won't let you sleep. What? Yeah. And if you fall asleep, someone slaps you or, or hits you, they will not let you sleep. Oh my God. This elderly woman who's a midwife, well, she's one of the women that Gillis says is part of the witch coven. And this is after being tortured. Her name was Agnes Sampson. Now, she had been tortured for weeks, and so they all were held in, like, this jail. So anyone that was mentioned was brought to this jail and was tortured, and all these things were done to get more information. Well, the more they tortured them, the more they got more information, the more they got more people. Well, Agnes had seen and talked personally to the king a few times. And who knows why, but the things that she would tell him, he thought, well, she has to be a witch because how could she know those things? Uh, now, it could have been like she had heard rumors or maybe she just made things up. I don't know. So it was almost like it could have been coincidence also? could have been. Yeah. So I think that one specific thing that she said to him where he was like, oh, she must be a witch then, was that she mentioned something about him and his wife in bed. Oh. So as soon as he thought that she really was a witch, he burnt her to the stake, of course. He was now paranoid, and so was the entire city and country of Scotland. And they were all on, like, this witch hunt to discover, seek, and kill anyone that fit the description of a witch. Oh, my God. Right. Now, King James then decided, well, all these people can't be witches. So he had found during some of his trials, sometimes people were just using this against other people mm, yeah and these people really weren't witches so he wrote a book to try it was called demonology okay and who wrote this book king james no himself. way yes. oh my gosh okay right. he wrote he wrote this book actually to help the people tell the difference between the real witches and the and the ones that had just been accused and were wrongly accused the book ended up spreading because there was so much paranoia mm-hmm. about witches yeah so in england People were starting to read this book. Oh, we have witches too. (laughs) You know, they're everywhere now. Mm -hmm. So in the Bidford witch trial that took place in England in 1682 was one of the last that led to an execution of three women. They were accused of causing illness to another lady. It was like it went one, 
to the next, to the next. I mean, it just was like, it was spreading like wildfire, this Mm -hmm. fear that, that if you were different in any way, if you had any kind of like birthmarks or if, or if you weren't able to even have children, then you must be a witch. I mean, they blamed it everything on witches. God, I would have been killed. I don't. Yeah, we would have been burning from the stake right now. <laughs> oh my god. Charcoal. Seriously. Yeah. So it seemed as if many of them only confessed after hours of torture, though. Being put through so much pain. So much that they wanted to die. So yeah. they were like, fine, I'll tell you anything you want to hear, just fucking kill me. Yeah. I'm done being yeah. tortured. Is it bad that right now I am totally thinking that that is still used to this day in some ways within our legal system? Oh <laughs> like, I was kept thinking of that poor guy and making a murder. The kid. The kid. younger one. Yeah, yeah, he's still in jail. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, what's really crazy is that the way they would, I mean, they would shave your entire body to see if you had the mark of Satan, oh which my might just be like a mole. I'm telling you, 50 to, to like 200,000 mm-hmm. people have been executed, being accused. Mandy, you have to share your connection. None of the stories all over the world are as famous as the one here in America, and it is called the Salem Witch Trials. And although many of you may have heard the story, I know for myself, I was shocked when I actually did a lot of research into this. And really, this research came from Mandy's ancestry. We were both shocked. Completely shocked. And then not only was I shocked, but I spent almost a half of a day sitting at my kitchen table researching, and I felt a lot of emotions, just a lot of accusations, a lot of sadness, but I really felt Mm -hmm. a connection to the two women that, that me and you found in my line. I kind of felt like we talked about in our ancestry healing episode, I felt like I was almost walking through it with them as I was researching it. And then I found that I felt these connections with both of these women. With Shanna's help, I discovered two women in my ancestry who were executed by hanging in the Salem witch trials in 1692. So I looked up Salem witch trials just at the beginning when I was doing kind of a generic search and Wikipedia described the Salem Witch Trials as a series of hearings and prosecutions of people accused of witchcraft in colonial Massachusetts between February of 1692 and May of 1693. So there were more than 200 people that were accused, 19 of whom were found guilty and executed by hanging, 14 were women, and five were men. And then there was another man named Giles Corey who was crushed to death for refusing to plead and at least five people who died in jail. So from what I understand, if you admitted that you were a witch, you would have to deal with what God would give you as a punishment. Mm -hmm. But if you would deny it and you would not admit it, this was your fate. This was your fate. Yeah. Amazing. I know. it's, And, you know, I stumbled across just this morning... Um, there was a four-year-old child actually put in jail at one it's point. Horrific. I know. So, yeah, this was considered one of the deadliest witch hunts in the history of colonial North America. So the two that I discovered in my ancestral line was Anne Pudiator and Bridget Bishop, both whom were not even exonerated until 2001. That's incredible. I know. You want to know what else is incredible? That Anne Pudiator was one of my grandmothers yep. in my line. I mean, shocking. Yeah. 
I actually see a resemblance. When I do too. I know. There's a picture of her yeah. online. A drawing. Yes. Me and my daughters put like a little sheet over our head yeah. on my Facebook. And Sloaned took, it. I know. Totally. I know. And we like have her features. Yeah. So um, I felt very attached to, like I had mentioned before, to their stories and especially Anne. Anne had dedicated her life to helping others and she ultimately died for that. Mm-hmm. She was a nurse and a midwife. What pains me the most is that she was 70 years old when she was hung. I know. Can you believe that? It's horrible. Ridiculous. Her children stood and watched her get hung. She could have lied by admitting that she was a witch, but she held to her truth. And for that, I admire her bravery, but it just hurt my soul. She was the widow of Thomas Greensland. They had five children together. After his death in 1674, she started working for a man by the name of Jacob Pudiator to help take care of his alcoholic wife. Passed while she was taking care of her. And shortly after she passed, actually one year later, she married him. And then he passed away in 1682. And he left Anne with a large piece of land and she was extremely wealthy, which I believe made her a target for the hateful accusations based on jealousy which was a very common thing even in england yeah she was accused of forcing a child to sign the devil's book she was accused of causing the death of a neighbor's wife she was accused of having witchcraft materials and substances in her home which she claimed were to make soap she was accused of torturing people with pens which, by the way, would make you a witch because you have substances to make soap. <laughs> <laughs> but wait a second. How would she torture people with pens? Um, I have no idea, but apparently she would become a spirit and go oh. into their homes uh-huh. and torture them and while they're sleeping. Oh, okay. mm-hmm. She was accused of making a man fall out of a tree. Huh. She was accused of killing Jacob and his wife. Um, she was accused of turning herself into a bird and flying into a man's home. Oh, wow. Yeah. And she was accused of harassing people um, and hurting them when she was in spiritual form, like I mentioned. Interesting. Yeah. And I'm going to mention this because it was shocking to me, and it gives you an idea of how times have changed. While they were in court, one of her accusers asked permission to hit her. Her request was granted, and she hit Anne, this 70-year-old woman, so hard that she flew across the courtroom. Can you believe that? Oh, my God. So she was tried, and Anne was sentenced to her death. The execution of Anne was on Thursday, September 22nd, 1692. She was taken to a site in Proctor's Ledge in Salem, along with Mary Etsy, Alice Parker, Margaret Scott, Martha Corey, Wilmot Reed, Mary Parker, and Samuel Wardwell. And there's a crazy story that I want to share. All of these people were bringing brought into the town to be executed by they were hung. It's so crazy to me that people actually bought this. They were pushing them in this cart going up this hill and the cart got stuck mm-hmm. and the men couldn't get it unstuck. Wow. And the accusers that are waiting for this hanging are crying out that, oh my God, we see the devil. It's holding the cart back. The devil's on their side. Oh, wow. And they actually believed that they were seeing these, the devil. Yeah, they were assisting them to help them. People, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to touch base on a couple of those people. Wilmot Reed 
was accused of making people sick, and she was also accused of kerneling milk and messing with, like, cows. Yeah. I mean, some of this stuff I'm mentioning because it's so insanely bizarre. Mary Town Etsy, the wife of a wealthy farmer, who was also a sister of another accused witch, Rebecca Nurse and Sarah Cloyce, and the daughter of suspected witch Jonah Blessing Town, was also um, accused for super silly things. She was accused of making people ill. She was accused of verbally abusing people. Um, <laughs> she was accused of pinching and choking people. Oh, um, my God. I know. Pinching? It's, Did you say pinching? Pinching. pinching. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, speaking of verbal abuse, that's why Margaret Scott was accused. So she was homeless, mm. and she was a widow. And when her husband passed away, she didn't have any money. And she was walking around town and begging for money from her neighbors. And when this? This was Margaret Scott. Oh. Yeah. I know Sarah Good also, which was one of the first accused, was just like that. Homeless and Mm -hmm. widow and had nowhere to go. Yeah. So they picked on people. Well, they picked on her because when she didn't get anything from them, she would say, like, these foul things back to them. Yeah. And they just assumed that meant she was a witch. Wow. Yeah. So she was also accused of, again, pinching, choking, and biting. And she was accused of turning into a yellow bird, and she also apparently had little yellow birds that were flying around through her fingers. Oh. Wow. That's cool. (laughs) (laughs) Holy Uh, shit. Oh, my God. It's such crazy stuff. Mandy, you're such a bird lady, too. I'm like, you're a witch. Maybe maybe (laughs) that's why. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it just goes on and on. So there was also a man. So I think yeah. people always think that um, know, witches yeah. are women. Right. But Samuel Wardwell, who also had a daughter and a wife arrested for being a witch, was accused as well and hung on the same day. He was a palm reader or something. He was considered a fortune teller. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of these that were hung on the same day as Anne Pudiator were you know, just involved in accusations. And like we mentioned before, land. I mean, you you know the controversy over the land between the Putmans and the Proctors. Proctors. Yeah. yeah, that's like how this all started. The Putnams and the Proctors had like a feud over land. And so between their scuffling of this is mine and this isn't yours, they started to fight with each other. They were all very wealthy. A lot of them owned the, some of the largest farms. And they were all Puritans. Isn't that interesting? So so Puritans were a religious group, a religious group that they thought that their way was the only way, and every other way was highway. <laughs> yeah. Well, isn't it interesting that in what I've been taught is thou shall not judge your neighbor? Oh, yeah, no, they were burning their neighbors to the cross. No, they didn't burn any, actually. I mean, that must not give false evidence against your neighbor, must not be envious of your neighbor's goods. I mean, these are all things in the Bible. Yeah, if there's su- if there's such religious spiritual people, I mean, that's what the whole entire witch trials are about is them doing all of those things. Yeah, and what's really crazy is that the very first accusers came from a preacher's home. <sighs> Preacher Paris his children, his daughter, and his niece were the first two accusers. To- so I also wanted to state that in October of 1710, the courts did pass an act reversing the convictions of a lot of these women. 
Unfortunately, Anne was not one of them. So her family wasn't there and hadn't um, signed a petition. A lot of these families went back and petitioned again. And this was where and when? This was in 1957 in Massachusetts. And this pardon was put into order by family members. The legislator didn't want to deal with these families because they also thought they were going to have to pay them. And they didn't want to have to pay them restitution for their family members being murdered. Okay. So they came up with a shitty way to say it, the disgrace or cause for distress. But Anne Pudiator was not part of that pardon because her family wasn't there as part of the petition. Mm. So people who weren't there as part of the petition, they didn't get excused, which is why Anne wasn't, which is why um, Bridget Bishop wasn't. It was only people that had family that was part of this petition. Did, did Bridget Bishop ever get exonerated? Yes. Her, yes. In 1992. Okay. So as families started to discover that they had these witches as ancestors, mm-hmm. they did some research and found out. And, and stood up for them. Good. But we're talking three generations later. <laughs> I mean, you know what That's I mean? That's terrible. And it was all about money. They said they knew all along that it was wrong, but they did not want to have to pay out for it. Isn't that crazy? Right, yeah. So not only did they not want to admit it and give money, but like you said, in the city of Salem, they were losing their witches and they were losing their... $99 million industry. Yeah. So it wasn't until 2001 when one of her family members was doing his family ancestry and learned about it and spoke up on her behalf. And in 2001, she was officially exonerated. exonerated. That's awesome. Yeah. I also felt attached to Bridget Bishop that was on my mother's side. She was, she married into my family. She was actually the very first person executed for witchcraft. Now let me explain. There was one that died in jail before Mm -hmm. her, but she was the first one that was executed. Was she the one that was pregnant? No. Okay. There was actually one that was pregnant too. They waited until she had her baby before they hung her. And then her baby died too. Oh, really? So it died and then she was hung too. Can you imagine? She probably wanted to die. Oh my gosh. Yeah, no. So Bridget was in her 60s. She was married three times. They think maybe four. They, you know, I couldn't, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that was very common back then. (laughs) Her husbands were all wealthy. One was a lawyer and one was a successful businessman. She had a troubled marriage, though, with Thomas Oliver. And it was said that she spoke her mind and was very stubborn, which reminded me of myself. (laughs) And Thomas (laughs) Oliver is actually one of your uncles, your great uncles in your tree. So crazy. She was also accused of having a foul mouth, and yeah. She sounds a lot like you. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, right? (laughs) These two were abusive. To each other. To each other, yeah, and a lot of times they were fined by the courts, and when they didn't pay fines, they were actually whipped. Wow. And at one time they were put into the town and gagged, and they were roped together, and they had a sign put on them that stated their, uh, their offenses. Oh my God! So shaming was part of what. So if you did. guys just will not stop fighting, I would you? be in the middle of the town all the time. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> she was put into court and examined twice, Aww. and the first time she was not found guilty. Oh. Um, after her husband passed away, she married an Edward Bishop, and a lot of people got 
information confused because there was a Sarah Bishop who was also accused of being a witch who married an Edward Bishop. Oh. So you'll find that these two um, cross over a lot in the stories of the Salem witch trials. Really? And she actually said that during court. She said, these are not my stories. This is not me. You are getting me confused. Wow. Yeah. So she was accused of bewitching five young women. She was accused of having voodoo dolls. She was accused of sending black pigs and demented monkeys to people's homes to torture. Monkeys? Yes. Where would they get monkeys? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, girl. I don't know. She was accused of being a witch because, brace yourself, when they were scanning her body, yeah. they found a third nipple. Shut <laughs> up. I swear to God. I swear to God. Oh. No way. Yes, she was. Wait, maybe she was then. Come on. She um, was also accused because a man said that she had asked him to dye a piece of lace and it was only the size of what would have been used for a puppet. Oh. I know, right? Great. She was decorating her doll. Apparently. Yeah, okay. Puppet, like voodoo doll. They call her puppet. Yeah. So. Unfortunately for her, because this was her second conviction, Uh and because there were so many people that came forth, and there was a lot of stories and evidence, it was like a 10-month trial, (sighs) she was found guilty, and she was killed. At 60 years old? She was in her 60s, yeah. Yeah. In 1992, the Salem Witch Trials Memorial was built. Um, That was when... There was actually a memorial established, finally, for Bridget Bishop and Anne Pudiator. And then in 2017, they went as far as making the Proctor's Ledge Memorial, which was built in Salem. Hmm. And it was established for her. So, you know, a pain... I would like to go there. I know, me too. Painful story, but I'm glad that they finally have a memorial, because they didn't even know where Anne's body was put they don't know where it was but I will I feel like it's important for us to talk about the fact that a lot of people travel to Salem just like you just said you wanted to Mm -hmm. it's brought in 99 million dollars to tourists to come there I mean Salem thrives on the fact that there were witches so a lot of reasons that it took so long to get people exonerated was because Salem didn't want to let go of that because people aren't going to come and visit if there weren't actually witches wow I mean the witches is what built their economy wow yeah so I mean their mascot is a witch really yeah wow I did not know that so you know a lot of this I couldn't help but think about money, power, wealth. Right. It's And it's still happening. I mean. Yeah, just almost like the media. Like, you've never seen people so excited in your life when something bad happens. They're yeah. like, oh, you can see the energy. They're all pumped up about mm-hmm. it. Like, capitalizing on bad. Yeah, yeah. And they have completely capitalized on it. And, you know, when we talked in our past episode about synchronicity, I wanted to share that when I was sitting at that kitchen table researching my family tree and was uh, stumbling across Ann Pudiator and Bridget Bishop, I texted my sister-in-law because my niece is really into the Salem Witch Trials. And within... 30 seconds, she sent me back a text of my niece Leia at the beautiful memorial in Salem. She yes. was in Salem at that exact time, yeah, so standing cool. there pointing at Anne Pudiator and Bridget Bishop. Well, and they actually say that Bridget Bishop is a ghost in the town, too, yeah, that she I, haunts 
like mm-hmm. um, a hotel or a house that she lived in or somewhere mm-hmm. in Salem. But it blew my mind that here I was journeying through this. I was re- researching them. I was feeling it. Right. I send it to her and my, my niece is standing right there in Salem. Wow. I had no idea she was there. Shortly after the Salem witch trials, the governor at the time, Governor Phipps, he actually put a stop to all this because it was his wife was actually being accused mm-hmm. of, of being a witch. And because she could not bear a child, if you can bear a child, you must be a witch. Yeah. <laughs> and they had adopted a, I think it was a Métis Indian child they had adopted. And anything like that was witchy. So the governor's mother-in-law was also accused in the past of being a witch. So he made a law actually that you could not write about it anymore because I think writing about it was spreading it. So in the, in the news, you know, extra, extra, read all about it. And so it, he made a law that you couldn't write about it anymore. Shortly after, it's just no one's talking about it. And there's no more witches. I mean, because everyone was blaming everybody. Yeah, it was just all based on accusations and pointing fingers. And it all came down to there was no solid evidence. No, and if you had a family member that was a witch, then you're a witch too. Oh my God, yes. And you know what? I'm going to mention some of the tests. So there was one. The the one that most people do know about was the swim test. The swim test was these witches were dragged to a body of water, stripped from their undergarments. And they were tossed in, and if they would sink or float would be the determination if they're a witch or not. Yeah. Then there (laughs) was the prayer test. So medieval wisdom held that witches were incapable of speaking scripture aloud. Right. And, like, the one guy, he actually sat there and said... Over um, and over. He said the scripture, and they said, oh, you said it wrong. You said, like, how art thy or something instead of how are thy or something like that. It was very, very... Like, minuscule. Mm-hmm. Or let's talk about the touch test. There was these women and these accusers sitting in the courtroom having these fits where they were falling on the ground or pretending they were, you know, they, they oh, were really gosh. good actresses. Actresses. Seriously, because yeah. was, that was one of them. It was called the touch test. And if you touched them and the person had a fit, then they were a witch. That's crazy. Like, are you kidding yeah. me? Another one was... Wait, they even killed a dog. Did you know that? They thought that they killed a dog because they thought that witches would ride on the dogs or something at night. What? And they killed one of the dogs. They had a test called witch cakes where (laughs) they would take a sample of the victim's urine, mix it with rye meal and ashes and bake it into a cake. Yeah. This, this apparently, and then it was fed to a dog. Yes. I, I mean, that one. Yeah, it's so weird. I just like the, that sounds witchy itself. Like, where'd you come up with that? And then, yeah, that's so weird. The witch that sounds witchy. Yeah. Right. There was the markings that we talked about: um, sores, birthmarks, nipples, tattoos. I mean, are you kidding me? Yeah. Anything. If they were looking for anything and everything, most of this stuff came from that original German book, but also from Cotton Mather. So Cotton Mather, who is a huge part of the Salem Witch Trials, had originally wrote a book or wrote some sort of manual also about witches. And then Cotton Mather actually ended up coming to this town and just really stirring up a lot of stuff. Doing this was was a little bit heartbreaking. I had an accuser in my family line. I had two witches on one on my dad's side, one on my mom. Yeah. It was disturbing. It still happens today in our world, just accusations and people, rumors, rumors and gossip and jealousy. jealousy. Yeah, that's all ego. Yeah, and driven. then also it really kind of stirred up this issue inside of me with, 
you know, these are supposed to be some of the most, these Puritans, these are my people. Pure? Yeah, there is nothing pure about them. No, in fact, your other line that I was looking at are Quakers. And I don't, I never knew the difference between a Quaker or oatmeal. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm serious, but Quakers were actually peaceful people. They didn't want to have anything to do with that. When the Puritans, they were so holy and they were so into their religion. They were almost like radicals. Yeah, well, I'm definitely a Quaker. I'm presenting that Quaker oatmeal right here. I think with this Halloween coming up, I've dressed up as a witch before. Yeah. And my mom was a beautiful witch in the past. I just think that if I were to ever dress up as a witch again, I would be very proud. And I will say that it's, I'm very lucky that I didn't live in that era because it, you know, these, these women, this is what was sad to me. Most of them were very caring. They were empaths. They loved others. They caregivers, caregivers, caretakers, nurses. nurses. They were the ones that were helping others. And if they did anything out of the ordinary to help someone, they were considered a witch. It's just freaking sad. And back then they didn't have a prescription medicine. So a lot of times they did use herbs and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And you know, which kind of brings me to Marie Laveau. I mean, she was more of a herbalist healer is mm-hmm. basically what she was yeah. kind of like what I do. And she would sit with sick people. Mm-hmm. She would sit with prisoners mm-hmm. and she would pray with them because she did stuff like that. They saw her as different. There must be something wrong with her. Why doesn't mm-hmm. she get sick? Why is she talking to those sinners? Mm-hmm. Why is she using things we've never heard of before? Yeah. That's not within our practice of religion. Mm-hmm. And so they were witches. Well, I mean, and just to let our listeners know, it's happening today because we actually had someone accuse us of being a demonistic podcast. Someone actually told me I was spiritually dead. Yeah, because Shanna and I have talked about other ways of healing besides prescription medicine. Yeah. We, we oh, talked oh, yeah. about heal, Reiki and not in more holistic ways to heal. Right, and that if you are promoting self-love, you are actually promoting self-destruction, he told me. Mm-hmm. So I would, I think it would be safe to say that some probably think we're witches. The good witch in The Wizard of Oz, she asked Dorothy, are you a good witch or a bad witch? And Dorothy was like, well, I'm not a witch at all. Yeah. <laughs> Well, guess what? But I'm proud of it. Well, burn and me I'm at the <laughs> fucking stake then. So when I looked up, was there any real witches? You know, I mean, those ladies weren't real witches. Maybe some of them used witch-like practices. Maybe they used, like, herbs and healing. But the one that, uh, obviously, I found when I looked up who was a real witch came Marie Laveau. And she was about 100 years after the Salem witch trial. She was born in the early 1800s. Mm-hmm. And again, like Salem Witch Child, her grave is one of the most popular, or it's the second most visited grave in America. So isn't that interesting that <laughs> yeah. people think they're such horrible, evil people, yet but everyone wants to go visit there. Just like, in our, just like in our paranormal activity, everyone thinks it's devilish and weird, right. and but yet everyone wants to go out and experience it. Yeah, did they just have some sort of like voodoo festival in yes. New Orleans yes. that our friend Tina went to? Yes, and it's, it's very popular. Right. Talk about double standards and contradicting. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And you know, Marie Laveau actually was a Catholic. I mean, she, her obituary was like four pages long and it was called the sainted woman. Mm-hmm. And the archbishop at the time actually did her services, but she was known as the voodoo priestess of New Orleans or also described as the voodoo queen. And she did do spells. 
mm-hmm. for people. In fact, it was even known that some of the most prominent people of the world would come to her for spells. And she would she would even be gifted from, like, the Queen of France. So she also used drumming to achieve high levels of consciousness. It's rumored that she did use sometimes voodoo for bad. Whether or not that's true, I'm not sure. There's not a whole lot of documentation on Marie Laveau. So most of it is rumors. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have an amazing song about Marie Laveau. We so hilarious. <laughs> Just play a little bit of it. The most famous of all the voodoo queens that ever existed is uh, Marie Laveau down in Louisiana. A lot of weird, ungodly tales about Marie. Is she supposed to have a lot We're of dancing. Yeah, we like it. And curses. Down in Louisiana where the black trees grow, there's a wonderful lady named Marie Laveau. She got a black cat tooth and a mojo bone. Anyone who wouldn't believe her. I feel, I feel her in here. I got chills. I love it. The entire Bobby Bears. Yeah. But what's really funny is going back, they said she had that black tooth and she's got this scream and she's killing men. And, you know, she did have a husband that died. But let me just tell you, as many husbands and wives as these people had, that was very common. Yeah. You know, she's fascinating to me. Just looked up the definition of a witch. So it's a woman thought to have magic powers, especially sometimes evil ones, wearing a black cloak and a pointed hat and flying on a broomstick. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Voodoo, oh. a black religious cult practiced in southern U.S., combining elements of Roman Catholic rituals with traditional African magical and religious rites and characterized by sorcery and spiritual possessions. Well, and some of that is true. So Marie Laveau, she is who brought it here and made it popular. Her roots are from St. Domingue, which is now Haiti. Mm-hmm. Haiti does still practice voodoo. They do. And voodoo is one of the oldest practices of shamanism. Some people say it is the very oldest. Through her roots, she learned a lot of these practices, like drumming, dancing, and different rituals that mm-hmm. they would do of voodoo. But she is the one who incorporated the Catholic religion, like the saints, mixed them in with the voodoo. And the reason why she did, because she felt that they would be able to relate more if they could see that all of this was just all divine. The difference between Marie Laveau and the Salem witches is nobody was fucking with Marie Laveau. Yeah. Like they feared her. Yeah. Yeah. Because she was different. Right. Some of them feared her, and some of them looked at her as a sainted woman, which is what her obituary was called. Well, you know, I was actually going to bring that up. I think it's interesting because we have a lot of people in our society even today that have healing powers and have special gifts, and they're considered um, godly. So I'm, I'm just curious, like, it's interesting that you have these women that created this storm but yet, in, there there's talk of people in the Bible that like Jesus who created a storm. Right. Like who yeah. who gets to <laughs> figure out who's godly and who's witchy? Right, and which is okay and which is not. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. But so you know, the whole witch frenzy did end up dying down because laws were passed. Mm-hmm. You know that you weren't allowed to wrongly accuse people. Mm-hmm. You know, and thank them. God our courts now you have to have solid evidence and proof where you can't just come in and. You Say, know. hey, you got, she's got a mole. Yeah, she's got I a mean, third nipple. I mean, she's got nipple. a big-ass <laughs> pimple on her face. She's got a... <laughs> I'd 
be fucked right now. Look at this one yeah. on my chin. <laughs> you, you know what? The people now who actually practice Wiccan and practice practices that are, gosh, that go back before most religions. These practices are mainly just respect and love for the earth. So, like, even Indians would fall into that category. I mean, they have a lot of rituals where they burn a lot of different herbs, and isn't that witchy? Holistic healing. Yeah. Yeah. But many here in America that do practice Wiccan, that's a very peaceful practice. And their motto is actually harm none and honor and respect highly the connection to nature and humanity. I mean, that is actually their motto. I love that. And today, some people do still practice witchcraft. However, their spells are usually for good. Their spells that they do are for good intentions, and they're actually using this witchcraft against evil. And many have embraced it for healing and protection from evil and bad energy. Even when we look up who are the witches, like who are the real witches that they can identify, they still are good people. They weren't even that bad. Mm-mm. True witches of the story are the ones that hung the women and the witches. Oh, yeah. They I think you're probably right. Yeah, but like, like in Hansel and Gretel, how the, the witch like leaves the bread trail so they could she could grab the children and throw them into the oven and kill the children. I didn't find any witches in any of the research that I did that anybody was eating any children or killing anybody. I didn't find any where they actually had evidence that they killed someone. It was just that someone happened to die under their care. Yeah, it was just all rumors and accusations and fear. Time for Break That Shit Down. So yeah, maybe people want to think twice when they think about witches. Maybe they ain't bitches. Witches ain't bitches. So just don't be a bad witch. Yeah. (laughs) Sitting here thinking about how odd it is that all of these witches in the Salem witch trial were good people for the most part. And witches are portrayed as bad. Yeah. Well, see, they were either homeless women who were poor and widowed or they were powerful women. The takeaway and the the breakdown that I want to talk about is just don't judge others. Respect their journey. Respect what works for them. You never know what someone else is going through or what's going on. Don't label them. Right. You know, don't make accusations. I love the definition that I learned. I think it was an A. That what does assume mean? Ass out of you and me. When you Ah, spell it. Love it. Assume. Right? Ass out of you and me. Oh my gosh, that's great. If you assume something, you're going to end up being an ass. Piece of history that needs to not only be remembered, but also we need to change from it. And another thing I would say for break that shit down is always check what's driving you. Because if it's fear, fear is a very ugly thing. So next week we will be doing our podcast on Mercury Retrograde and talking a little bit about what that is and how is it that these planets can affect us here on Earth. Thanks for being with us today. We hope you will come back next week. If you like what you hear, don't forget to rate, like, and subscribe. Thank you. We rise to lift you up. Thanks for listening.